Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Friday. It's November 13th, 2015. And I'm Michelle Pichet filling in for Jeannie. And I'm here today with... Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call in number is 646 200 4169. We encourage you to call in and with your comments or questions, allowing you to strengthen your practice. So press 1 and that will put you into queue to talk with us. So now let's welcome Michael and Tim, in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness. Well, thank you, young lady, for being here and taking the uh, the switchboard so we don't have to stop for an hour to do the show. You know, I can do the show driving down the road, and Jeannie's driving, but if uh, if she were doing the switchboard, we have to stop and find a, an internet connection and all that kind of neat stuff. So, so you're going to help us get to our... Uh, our new writing hideout an hour earlier by facilitating us keeping on box. Thank you. We appreciate Good. it. Your, um, your uh, hey. quality voice is exceptional today, given if you're driving a car. Yep. Good. Good. Well, it's probably just this absolutely beautiful, gorgeous day driving. We're driving down I-75 heading to Ellington, Florida. should be there in the next two hours or so. And we've got gorgeous blue skies and sunshine, and we're in the sunshine state. So we invite everybody, or we request support, if everybody would just hold the space and send uh, send writing vibes in the direction of both Jeannie and myself, rather than the tour we did last year, or that we do pretty much every year. And last year, I think we did 100 or 13,000 miles, 180 workshops in 30 different cities. This year, we're pretty much going to sit still. We've got a uh, an event in February in Flor- in uh, Miami at uh, Unity on the Bay, or January, pardon me, January 17th. We're actually talking with some friends who own an Ayurvedic center there. We may add a few extra workshops that week. But otherwise, uh, that's going to be pretty much it until we, we do uh, the intensive uh, series that we're going to do. In Orlando, actually Kissimmee, about five minutes from Disney World, we've rented an absolutely awesome, beautiful house for uh, about six weeks or five weeks to do a 16-day codependence to interdependence communication practicum. That'll start on February the 1st. Actually, it'll be a nine-day. And then for folks who, you know, so for people who can just do the nine days, there'll be a nine-day codependence communication practicum. And then for those who have the space to extend out a little further, you know, they can take more than that, just that time off work or what have you, we'll be uh, we'll be adding several extra days, so it'll end up being a 16-day codependence to interdependence. So we'll, we'll deepen beyond the nine-day into 16 days for those who choose to stay for the whole time. And then we'll actually take one day off and... We'll jump into a 16-day Laws of Living, and Ari's going to be joining us, and Ari, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll be on the show today. If he is, it'd be fun to hear from, because he is just more excited. You know, Ari's been coming to Heartland for intensives for 25 years and doing the food, and just just awesome. You know, if you 
if you've gotten the recipes book and prepped anything out of it, you know how fabulous the food is. Well, Ari just seems to be pumped up. I think you've been talking to him too, Michelle. Maybe you can share a little bit about how pumped up he is about he's he's ready to uh, to do this month in February. Maybe part of it's getting out of Chicago. You know, in Heartland we're doing this summer, but uh, he's getting out of Chicago for uh, five weeks and uh, coming to play. He actually might come a little early and spend some time with us over in Ellington and, you know, get things ready. But uh, he's just excited about some new recipes and uh, some new food teaching that he's planning during that uh, five weeks of workshops. So you, anything to share from your conversations with him, Michelle? I know you spent some some time with him in Chicago last week. And uh, so I did, any, any thoughts and, to share? Uh, I did spend some time with him, and, and you're right, he is jazzed. He is pulling out um, <clears throat> all the stops. He's got menu plans and recipes and ideas and classes formulating and um I've actually talked to him several times over the last um every night it's it's something new that he's thought of to depend what he's at supply of knowledge and information and, and um inspiration when it comes to creating food that is um holistic and healthy and healing. So anybody who wants to join us for that, we're going to have 12 spaces in each intensive, uh, nine-day codependent communication practical and 16-day laws of living. The nine-day, again, will stretch out to 16. And we'll be doing some awesome food and uh, fresh and raw. We used to do, when we did intensives, we would do all the food preparation and just serve the food. And people would go home saying, wow, man, I, I, my kitchen's set up to just serve dead animals, and, and I didn't know you could eat this way. If I could eat this way all the time, I'd never touch a dead animal again. And when you think about, you know, I mean, it looks normal from within a culture that eats decaying flesh, but when you think about it, really, does it really make sense to take something? I mean, you look at all the, the diseases that go down related to animals. You know, you look at, you know, a lot of people look at the uh, – especially with, with one particular animal, pork, pigs. And you'll notice that they always say, you know, you can eat your beef rare, but you can't eat pork rare. Oh, why not? I could eat pork rare, couldn't I, if I wanted to? Well, I guess you could, but you see, if you eat it rare, you haven't cooked it enough to cook the parasites. So you're going to get some raw, active parasites. There's no such thing as a pig that isn't just filled with parasites. So when they say cook pork really well, what they're saying is, Go ahead and eat the parasites. Just eat them well cooked. You know, when you think about that. And, uh, well, anyway, enough said in that regard. So we're going to do this awesome fresh and raw food. Everything that we will eat in that uh, 32 days of workshops will actually be food. And, and it's kind of a shock for some people to realize that food actually comes out of the ground. It doesn't come in a can, doesn't come in a bottle, doesn't come from a package, and it doesn't come from a factory. And we have become so addicted to non-food in packages and calling it food is that they wonder why all the diseases that are, you know, I mean, every day you hear about a new disease, a new degenerative, a new, you know, age limit at which this disease or that disease has struck down human beings. And a big part of the process is that when we don't want to deal with our lives, we will automatically find something that will reinforce our denial, reinforce are hiding things from ourselves, and to hide things from a totally vital, vibrant human energy system is impossible. In order to hide something in a vibrant human system, you have to shut down its vibrancy. And this culture has been practicing ripping the nutrition out of food. I mean, you take a look at I remember an ad that said something about builds body, healthy bodies in 12 ways. That was an ad when I was a kid. So here, here's what that means. It means we took wheat. Now, there's a whole thing about what's gone on with wheat and all the, the GMOing and all the changes that have gone on, the uh, wheat sensitivity, gluten sensitivity, because that that just even the whole food has been so 
adulterated that it's almost not recognizable by the body. But then what we do is we send it to a miller, and the miller puts it through a mill and grinds out the germ and the nutrients. And there are a lot of nutrients there. And then they sell the nutrients to the pig farmers and the cattle ranchers because they know that nutrients keep animals healthy. And they take this leftover white poisonous powder, they get Madison Avenue to jazz it up with advertising and say, builds healthy bodies in 12 ways. And and then they give you a list of all these nutrients they threw back. Well, the nutrients they threw back, most of them were made out of waste oil products, chemically altered by so-called food scientists. Now, when you think about the term food science, it's a total anomaly. Food grows in the ground. People in a laboratory find a way to try to make a molecule that looks like food and add chemicals that make it taste like food. So now you have a food chemist who tries to make up something that resembles food. And, you know, when you get right down to it, it's so bizarre. And we've been brainwashed Well, um, looks like Michael went through a zone where he got disconnected. Can can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Well, um, I just went in a position to wait for them to call back. All right. So take it away, Michelle. <laughs> well. I was going to pose a question if there weren't any hands up um, or maybe it was a comment and um, maybe you can provide your feedback for this idea. I was at uh, the doctor this morning waiting for my daughter and I was looking at a chiropractic magazine they had there and they were talking about um, language and the power of language and the vibration of language and how words shape so much and um, in what we do to manifest and create our our um, lives, and I was just kind of skimming, and I got interrupted, so I didn't finish the article fully. But the one thing I remember, um, they were offering suggestions for um, changing your language, and one of the ideas was instead of using the word um, frustrated, the word fascinating. And so I read that quickly, and I'm like. Frustration, frustration, fascinating. I mean, it makes sense. And I just dismissed it and went on with my business. So then, um, a couple hours later, I was um, coming home, and uh, really quickly, I had been trying to get a local uh, man who was running a a campaign in our town. If you um, pay donation to the Lions Club, then you get a display a flag on your lawn for Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Veterans Day kind of thing. So it raises money, beautifies the city, and we all get to probably wave the American flag. So um, I've been trying, 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 trying to get this um, established on my property. And here it is Veterans Day, and all there is is a little orange flag that Ms. Gibb left. And all the neighbors up and down my street have got, you know, beautiful American flags flying. So, you know, it is what it is. But I take a picture and I text it to my husband. He's out of town. And I show him, you know, hey, this is our flag. And, you know, another picture, this is our neighbor's flag. And I texted. I wrote out in the text about the guy, the electrician who's just not been doing his job around this, is that I'm so frustrated. That's what I thought, or that's what I typed, and then it um, reminded me of the article I read earlier in the morning. So I erased it, and I and I rewrote, um, people are fascinating. 
And it, it was such an interesting um, experience because it really was um, along the lines of the same sentiment as far as, you know, here's this person, I don't get what's going on, I have to accept it. But saying that using the word fascinating felt so much better when I reread the text and really was um, more accurate than saying I'm frustrated. And, again, it was it was an easy thing to switch, but it was amazing how powerful, at least when I was rereading it, that it, like, wow, that made a serious difference in how I feel. I'm sure how um, my husband, when he reads the text, instead of me just, oh, there she goes, vision again about that, you know, that it's kind of like, there's what it is, and isn't that fascinating? Because it really is. Anyway, so I, I um, wanted to bring that up as far as how, um, how our language is. In the I'm world. back. I'm back. <laughs> okay, did you hear that? I, I don't know what happened. I guess we just lost our connection, but I did this beautiful dissertation on food. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, no, I didn't. I, pardon me? We heard we heard all that, Michael. Um, Jeannie and you nope. both dropped off at the same time, and so um, nope. it appeared you press cell tower zones. Yeah, must must have been a switch there. So, anyway, so uh, in the meantime, did, did did a caller come in? Are you talking with a caller? No, we don't have anybody with a hand up right now. Oh, okay. Um, I was- Great. It sounds like your microphone's banging around, Michelle. You you go bang, 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 bang. So I don't know if you can hold still with whatever's moving or jumping around, but something's pretty noisy. Anyway, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see how the young man is. I'm doing well. I um awesome. was enjoying I was enjoying Michelle's comments about she read an article that said language is very important. So pay attention to your language. And the one example she remembered was they said, instead of saying you're frustrated about something, substitute the word fascinating or you're fascinated by it. And then she gave a live example where she was feeling triggered to upset because something hadn't worked out. And she was texting her husband about it. And she was writing frustrated. And she thought, and she changed the word to fascinated, and it felt very different. And I was about to say, it sounds like there is an implied canceling of a goal when I move from frustrated to fascinated. In both, I'm saying I don't understand why it's not happening, but in one, I'm saying I want it to happen and I'm frustrated that it's not happening, and in the other, I'm just saying, well, I just don't understand why it's not happening. And I'm kind of detaching some of the emotion of the goal setting. So that that's what happened in the brief time you were off the call. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing when, uh, how people are out of touch with the fact that their thoughts create their feelings. You know, as a culture, we haven't been taught that. We've been taught to engage in thought structures that uh, – and divorce that from the feelings created by them. So it's powerful to start to shift language and recognize that, you know, there's there's a point, if you go to the Aramaic, where it says, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. And, and the, the Greeks translate as, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh, the opening words in the book of John. And I like a comment that Deepak Chopra gives there based on the cell biology research that shows that when we think a thought, that we produce a molecule in our bodies. And Chopra observes that that's the point where the non-physical becomes so-called physical. You think a thought, the thought becomes a molecule, inserts itself in the cell and becomes chemistry. So here thought becomes chemistry. And when we recognize that process that our our feelings are reflections of the thoughts that we are engaging in 
and people start to take responsibility for and change their thoughts. Which of course, yesterday we talked about words, which are reflections of thoughts. It all ties together. As I change my verbal environment, I have to change the mental environment that I'm in. And when I start to change my mind and I start to move in the direction of a different frequency, I'm literally bringing into physiology a totally different set of frequencies. And obviously it's going to feel different. That's a great example, Michelle. Thank you. We have um, Susan here with us right now. Maybe she has some comments on that topic or something else. Hi, Susan. Hey, Michelle. Hey there, young lady. Michael asked me to. How are you, Michael? I'm rocking. I was wait. That's good. I heard. I saw Jeannie's post on Facebook that you crossed the Florida line. Good for you. We did it. We're about oh, probably two hours from from uh, our our writing hideaway. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm happy for you. So are we. It's cold up here in Asheville. I can tell you the wind is blowing. And it's like, I'm telling you, much different from 75 degrees yesterday in Wilmington. Right. Yeah, well, it's only 77 here. Oh, cool. No, it's not cool. I'm cool. What did you say? You said, that's cool. I'm like, he just said 77. (laughs) You're like, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's it's cool. It's cool that he's got seventy-seven. I think it's great. Yeah, um, right, right. No, it's snowing in Michigan as we talk. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. I'm happy for you. That's wonderful. I think it, it's got to be between seventy-five and snow. Those are two of the extremes, but they're two beautiful for me. I love snow. <laughs> Okay, Michael, take it away. Where are we taking Uh-oh. it, young lady? I don't know. You called me this morning and said call into the show. Oh, well, I, I was thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited about your excitement. You know, we talked last night about your excitement about having nine people in your eight-week Laws of Living class and, you know, taking your process, your teaching, your work, another level, impacting that community on another level, I just thought it would be kind of fun to uh, to have you share a little bit about that and maybe inspire some others. You know, there are many people who've been through the work and through the laws of living and doing it, but you're the first one who's really taken it to this level, you know, with your fourth class and, uh, you know, of course, you've done from from class one, huge amounts of processing. You know, we have um, definitely uh, done lots of work together around what's come up in your classes, what you've had to go through, what you've had to deal with personally, personal issues, issues with people who show up in the class and the, the challenges that you've you've been offered. And I just really acknowledge you for walking through those challenges, keeping up with your work and your worksheets, and creating a space where I think your first class you had four or five people. Your second one was up to six. You're up to nine people, and that's awesome for eight weeks. And aside from your own process, that it's also creating some cash flow in your life. It's pretty cool and impacting a whole community to the point where you're getting people who are calling you and say, oh, can I do the class? Can I do the class? So I just thought you might share a little bit about your thoughts and your process in doing that, and that might inspire others to get on it and get get going and do what it takes to uh, to do the same thing in their communities and uh, support enlarging the work. Well, thank you for your um, support. All your support has been phenomenal. I mean, I, I I appreciate you and Jeannie both, and Dr. Kim and Michelle, and the whole group of uh, the audience. And I, I can feel the support and the love, and I think that's that's the main thing to keep conscious, active, present love um, connected. I would say. And yet, the first class, you know, I had um, Misty and Jonas in that class. I don't know who in the audience remember. They were at Heartland last year, again this year. So it was actually seven in the first class and six in the second class. And now I have eight attending and two that took the. Um, 
the evaluation and they're uh, repeaters. So they're going to study along with us even though they can't make that night and then they're going to take the evaluation at the end doing the homework while we're doing our homework. So it's kind of like a review for them. And um, anyway, it's really exciting. And, and I'm looking at it, and now that we've got the evaluations done and the scores have come back, and I can see, you know, it's it's absolutely perfect. And, um, you know, uh, int- intuition kicked in at the end uh, where I actually – reminded myself of you, Michael, where I would call and invite people to come and do their next layer of work or their next, um, you know, get their next opportunity. And and it's like they were ready and willing and waiting for that phone call. So it was like just staying connected to Ruka and listening and then putting it out there, the opportunity and seeing who who was willing to step up, who really wanted to do it. And, and, um, you know, I was talking to Terry this morning. It was kind of funny. I was thinking, you know, it's week one, week two, week three, and then we hit that little glue sometime, and then we move through that. It's so exciting, and it's um, each person is individual, and they need support and encouragement to um, look at whatever happens to show up. And it's uh, it's exciting for me. I love it beyond belief. Um, it's like I feel like I'm in my element when I'm doing it. And uh, the most important thing is for me to breathe, do my work, stay connected to source, and to be able to access um, Ruka when I need that in the classroom and just breathe it and burn it off. But, um, you know, in the first class, I thought, well, it's the homework that makes the difference. They need to do their homework. So I was really strict. They need to be here on time, you know, and all that was. The second class, I, I was a little bit different. I did bring in a little bit of snack. Uh, because they come right from work, straight from work. So we have, you know, some good, healthy, raw nutrition. So I would have that there. And then the third class, you know, um, it was a little, I was a little bit, you know, I I got tested, I'll say, around the time issues and, you know, pushed and I've done a lot of worksheets around my, um, canceling my goals for it to be perfect. And then this time it's like, what I see is the vitality of the group, the energy of that special synergy of the people that came. It's it's absolutely divine. Each person that's there has a divine appointment, and they're they're actually have signed up to support whatever happens to show up, and that's that's the gift. I was I was talking to, again about the framework is the. Laws of Living Material, which is just phenomenal. I love it. And the real work is holding a space of love and the vitality that the group holds uh, and allows the opportunity for whatever needs to clear for each person, their next layer, to come up in that presence. And um, for me, that's just the miracle of it all. And I, I, I'm just speechless. I'm honored that I get to do it. Um, that I actually um, get to be a part of it and support people. And, and the real thing is I learned along the way is it's the homework's great. The uh, material is awesome. The tools work. I know they work. And the main thing that I see that the shifts happen is when I extend the love that I am unconditionally, infinitely to whatever happens and whatever shows up in each person. It's all—it's like when they, the first night they come, I'm sitting there, I open with meditation and I look around the room and um, acknowledge each person individually and say, from this point on, metaphorically, you are my child and I am with you. I'm here for you and with you during this process and I got you. Me and Ruka, we've got you. And whatever comes up, we can handle it. We can deal with it, and you're going to be okay. Just know that this is a safe space for you to be. And just setting that tone for that is it's just its a gift. It's, it's absolutely a gift. And I get so excited. I, I have a hard time just shutting up or, you know, just it's like a bean. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm, I'm happy to be right here right now. So is there anything else you'd like for me to share about it? I Any just, questions? I'd anything? just like to say, Susan, am, am I on? 
Yes, you are, darling. (laughs) I would just like to say uh, it is just thrilling to see how how you have just blossomed yourself. But, you know, it is important that, I mean, they do get a lot out of the class and what you present, but the homework is definitely important. You can tell by the scores from the beginning and the end who was just there and who actually took it serious and did what their assignments and things like that. You can tell by their scores what they did or didn't do. But, uh, you know, uh, Bill is also doing a 30-day, and he's come to the conclusion of, of his 30-day adventure. And so it's been kind of neat seeing both of your scores, his group of people and your group of people, and just seeing how all that works. If anybody's interested in doing what they're doing, um, you know, we'll be doing teacher's training at Heartland next year, but the Laws of Living that Susan's doing, you can come to the 16-day Laws of Living class and then do the six weeks of homework afterwards in February. And uh, Susan, you might want to uh, mention about that homework because you're one of the few people too. There were a few that have done their homework, but not very many people do. So they're again talking about homework. What did you see come about in continuing with that work beyond the 16-day intensive? Um, that's interesting, Jeannie. And, and I, I want to just say there's there's homework during the class time that we're together, which is usually eight weeks. It may go a little bit longer with my class this time. That's another thing. I'm a, I'm a little bit more flexible this time. Um, and there's homework that we have the six weeks after the class completes, that follow-up homework. And so far, I have... Uh, I haven't had anyone that completed the six weeks afterwards. They they do the worksheets or they do the mind goal management. They pick a tool that really works for them, and they hang with that, and they love that, and that becomes it. And then I have opposed it to one of the students this time that um, this is her second time repeating the course. And really there's two that I think um, – maybe three that would be teachers that, that are teachers and might would do the homework. And so I've got two two people now that I am saying, you know, we're already beginning to say let's let's do the follow-up six-week homework. But I want to say one thing. There was a young gentleman, I think I spoke of him before. I haven't used his name, but he crossed his arms and he said in the first night, he said, you know, I don't like anybody. I don't like male, female, and I have a lot of self-hatred. And his stress was amazingly high and um, at the end of the group he went up 84 points on his stress score relief of stress which was phenomenal and I turned to him and I said because I am a worksheet believer right Jeannie wouldn't you agree (laughs) I mean the worksheet I love it I think everybody should be doing worksheets so um I asked him, I said, so how many worksheets did you do? And you, I mean, it was just a few that he did. And the scores, what he really got was the newborn baby and that essence of that of that newborn. And he was he was the one who texted to this friend of his that even though they were having an upset, that he was holding the space of love for her. And she said, what does that mean? And he said, well, think about holding the newborn baby. That's what I'm holding that you are. And that man took that to, I mean, to the nth degree, and his life is transformed. As a matter of fact, I sent him the information to the worksheet, the links to uh, the MP3s that I sent to my class this time because I sent out a letter, and I, I promised Michael I'd send him that, and I will. Um, but I sent it to this gentleman, and he sent me back an email just with, thank you, you're my angel. And it's so interesting how his life, he's moved to the town where his daughter lives. At the beginning of that class, you know, they were estranged. He walked her down the aisle. He rode in the car with his ex-wife for the first time, had a conversation with her to the wedding. I mean, it was phenomenal to see the shift in him. It was. It was absolutely phenomenal. And he really got it. The mind goal management sheet was his favorite. And he did some worksheets, but really that holding that essence of that love so it, it opened me to another level of seeing and believing that in the presence of love, everything shifts and changes and grows, and it's amazing. And just, you know, and now I have a lady in my Laws of Living class. This is her third time repeating this course, and she carries a picture of her little girl when she was about, I don't know, in her, uh, you know, months, maybe 18 months, 
And she has it taped everywhere because at work she's she's struggling right now with her job. And she's constantly saying when she starts to feel the frustration or whatever come up, she said, Ruka, I want to stay connected to love. I want to stay connected to that newborn baby. And she looks at that picture. So she's, they're getting it. Everybody gets it. And it, everybody shifts. And it's, um, yes, the homework is phenomenal. I love it. And, Jeannie, you don't know me. I'm a taskmaster. I'm a, I was like almost rough on that first group. When I talk to them, they like grin and look at me out of the corner of their eye like, yeah, you are like the roughest teacher ever. <laughs> but now I'm, I, I know that there's a, there's a balance here because I would say now, you know, your commitment, sign this agreement and turn it in, you know, that we make, you know, to stay away from caffeine and to do be on class on time. And anyway, it's a learning curve. It really is. But anybody can do it because I don't do it. I just show up and stay connected to love. And and Michael and Jeannie, you are phenomenal support. And this this radio show is great. And they threatened to get me a T-shirt at my first class that said, Call the radio show. <laughs> they would ask a, they would they would ask a question in class, and I would sit there for a few minutes. I'd say, you know what? That would be a great question for the radio show. <laughs> and I said, you know, and, and I know Michael would love it if you would call. And um, so we went from there. But anyway, it, it it all works out. It really does. It's beautiful. You would love it if you do it. I'd like to step back for a minute. And for those who may not know what you mean by stress management of 84 points, one of the things that we do with every intensive is what we call a personal code evaluation. And the personal code evaluation, instead of somebody swimming around with, well, should I work on this issue or should I work on that or me trying to figure it out or Jeannie trying to figure it out, we have a specific tool and you do this evaluation and it's something that we've used for over 30 years now. It's based on the MMPI which is kind of the gold standard of psychological testing. And it tells you where the holes in your perceptual system are. So for this gentleman, you said he had an 84-point increase on his stress management score. That means that on a scale of 100, he went up 84 points. Now, the MMPI... Those who, you know, administer it, and Dr. Tim will attest, I remember the first time he came to Art and went, you see these scores change? They're not supposed to change. We regularly see changes like 84 points. And do you remember with that gentleman, you know, his, uh, his self-hatred was one of the biggies. Do you remember what his shift was on love for self in his evaluation? I don't, but I know there was 40, 50, 60 point shift in all of his scores. It was, um, I mean, his life is, gosh, it's so, it, it just transformed right before our whole, all of our eyes. I mean, we all watched it. I mean, there's everyone that was in that class to this day talks about, do you remember such and so? It was amazing. It we made us all believers. It was just incredible to see the change in his whole disposition. I mean, I remember one time I was, it was like the third or fourth class and I was going to hug him when he got ready to leave, and and it was like unacceptable. He, you know, and I just was I was hugging everybody, and um, on the last class, I looked over at him and I I, I said, "Don't worry, I'm not going to hug you." And uh, he said, "No, I want to hug." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" He was willing to let me hug him. He was open and willing that he deserved it, and he was willing to accept that um, gesture. And then I noticed that everybody in the class wanted to get a hug. And I was like, oh, don't push it, don't push it. That's what I'm thinking in my head. But he was open. He was hugging everybody. It was like the shift to love had happened. And, yes, those scores, um, they tell a lot about um, where the work is, where the most incredible opportunities are. And well, as we all know, I want to add – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I was no, going to no. say, and hostility, Michael uh, – this up. Dr. Rice says hostility destroys the physical body and fear just causes mental illness. And so when we can see where those levels are, we know where the most important work is to be done um, to bring the body, mind, spirit back into a state of love and grace. So, yeah, this is a, it's an amazing, amazing tool. I love it. It's great. So go ahead, Michael. And when you, when you see where people stand with love of others, that's one of the uh, evaluation scores that people will get feedback on. And then 
what we do is if love of others is a challenge, there are specific exercises we'll give you at the beginning of the intensive to work on healing that part of your mind. So here's a guy who's estranged from his daughter, uh, sounds like probably hasn't had a decent conversation with his former wife and, since they divorced, and is able to go to her wedding and move to the town she's in. Now, the, the, the change in love for others, and then the deserving part, one of the other uh, scales is love for self. You get a 50-point change on love for self scores, and it, it's amazing and saddening to see how many people come into a class, and a lot of them good old churchgoers, and they've lived all their lives in a teaching that supposedly is about love, and on a scale of 100, their love of self is 10 points. Their love of others is 15 points. It's amazing how many people we see first time around, that's where they start. And they wonder why their lives and their relationships are filled with turmoil and pain and have no clue that they've got anything to do with it. It's all everybody else's fault. And then love for truth becomes a part of the process. And, you know, if we find somebody who has a really high love of truth, you know, I want the truth, I want the truth, I want the truth, but a low love of self, we call that the recipe for hell because a person who has a high love of truth and a low love of self blows everything in their lives out of proportion, you know, the proverbial mountain out of a molehill, and then they put it right square on their own heads and they're in trauma, they're traumatizing themselves continuously just because their mind is out of balance of the way it sees the world. And it's such a simple fix. It's like A, B, C. Here, if you just do this, you will repair that part of your mind. It's like Night follows day. Here's how it happens. We've seen it over and over and over again if people will do their work. I was talking to Jeannie this morning, and we had a couple of young men at a uh, a class a, a couple of years ago, and there was just mom would not really support them in a way of holding them accountable. And of all the people that have been through Heartland, two out of they were two out of three people who scores almost none of them changed. We had one other woman I was saying to Jeannie, well, you know, the only two that I've seen that happen with. And, and I was like, no, there was another woman who was at Heartland several years ago, and and she actually, her scores went down. But anybody who will take the tools and just trust, try it. You know, you don't have to believe a thing. Just try it and watch those scores change. And when they do, the burdens drop away. The reasons for frustration and stress and hatred and conflict just disappear, and all of a sudden, life becomes easier. And it is a product of doing one's work. And, you know, the reason we do a pre-evaluation and a post, at the end of an intensive, we'll do an evaluation again, and people can see by the change in their scores how effective, you know, each individual, the, that individual is the only person who knows how much work they actually did in that arena with the assignments. And if they did the assignments in that arena, love of self, love of truth, love of others, uh, stress management, whatever, they'll see monumental shifts in those scores. It's just as simple as night follows day. Now, other people, I've, I've actually had people at the end of an intensive said, oh, you mean I was actually supposed to do those assignments? Like, well, yeah, that was kind of the idea. And so when you step in and you actually do the work, as simply as night follows day, your life heals, your mind heals, your body heals, your emotions heal, your relationships heal, your finances heal on every level. And so that's, you know, what we're here to support. And and I just really, Susan, appreciate the enthusiasm in the face of a lot of issues coming up and having to be worked through that you've had for moving forward and really impacting that community of Wilmington, really making a difference in that city. You've made a lifetime of difference to a lot of people there. And, you know, when you change one person, you never know who's going to change out of that. So congratulations, and it's awesome to watch it happen. And we Thank need you. more Thank people you. doing it. You know, there's so many people I, suffering out there, 
and suffering is such uh, an unnecessary thing if we can just get the t- get the tools to people and and get them out there and you know I'm committed to taking this to every mind heart and being on the planet but I don't think I'm ever going to get to talk to seven and a half billion people I'm not planning on that but I'm going to put it in enough hands like Susan's and Susan's going to put it in somebody's hands and they're going to put it in somebody's hands that together we'll create a critical mass and so if you're ready to do that we invite you to jump on board and get on it go ahead Susan you start to say something else I was just going to say you know there's one thing that I will say uh I've seen people come in and their scores be really great and they've been doing work for a long time and they're in a great place. And, and actually I've been to Heartland and, and had mine show up pretty good. And then when I would take it the, at the end, I would go down like I did in this past when I went down in my love of truth. And what I know is that something was getting ready to surface my next big layer. And by that surfacing, it takes me to a, a stronger, I can tell, and, and I was talking about this too yesterday, it's like a, um, it's the intensity of what comes up now comes up pretty intense, moves quicker, and when I get through it, the connection to source is a lot stronger, and I was telling Terry, the line, the static on the line of being able to hear the intuition and guidance is much clearer now. Uh, than it was in the beginning. Even though it was better than what I had had in the past, it gets stronger and clearer each layer that peels off, each layer that peels off, so that I know what to say, where to go, who to talk to, and where to be, and I just keep taking the next layer off. So it does come up, and it is intense when it comes up, but I have the tools and the strength, and I know spirit knows I do, Ruka knows, um, to move through that. So it just, the opportunities are phenomenal to get to clear that. So if you are in the class, like I've got some people this time that have really good scores, something is liable to surface. And if it does, the scores may show it. But we do another test at the end of the six weeks of doing homework, and that one tells another layer has peeled off. That's why I think we're, it's really important to have those three evaluations, one at the beginning, one at the end of the class, and then one six weeks later, after you've done that homework and turned it in to be certified. So I just want to put that out there, too. Exactly. And, you know, when one first starts to do their work, the issues that surface are usually the the softer issues and the lighter issues to move through. And it's only as one really develops their skills that they get to go to depth. And so... What yesterday, when you first started, surfaces and takes you three days to work through is maybe a level two in intensity. And, you know, after doing your work for a time period, you've been at it for several years now, Susan, you'll get a layer that instead of being a two will be a a 12. And you'll be through it in 20 minutes. And that's because you've developed the skills. It's, It's like you've developed those muscles, so to speak, to be able to handle the weight of the heavier issues, which won't even start to surface until you've developed those skills. They'll stay hidden. Exactly, exactly. And the vitality, and that, that's what I see that the laws of living and the, the groups that we're having, when you come together, and I'm going to talk about this in this next class coming up on Monday, is how we suppress, say we have a 10 on the vitality meter. Maybe you can talk about this, Michael. We suppress it down to a 5. But when we come together in a group like this, I say, okay, you're, you have five, you have five, and, you, we, you know, all the fives added together are like 35 or 40. So we have that level of vitality to go down and pull up toxins that we might couldn't handle by ourselves, but together as a group holding the space of love, it will burn off quicker, faster, and easier than it would be if we were trying to, to go by ourselves through this process. Yeah, definitely when you recognize that perception comes from energies that are moving inside or me inside of us. Energies that move inside of us create literal, measurable energy waves. One of the reasons why somebody who's in their hostility and fear with the sour face gets attacked and is people around them that don't want to be with them, don't want to support them, don't want to be part of their process. It's because literally, and it's for most people it's unconscious, 
they don't know that or, you know, in the culture we kind of occasionally refer to it. It's like, you know, being around that person is just like being in this sticky, ugly energy. What's going on? Well, literally, as perception moves, the energies that are behind perception are setting up energy fields that impact and or are, we could say, sprayed on those around us. When you spray hostility and fear on people, rage and guilt and grief and sadness, like who wants to be in town? We watch it so often that we have estranged parents, as you spoke about that gentleman earlier. Why? Well, you know, there's all that teenage stuff and there's all that childhood stuff and blah, 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 blah. And so the parent who's always in frustration with their teenager and never gets over it, every time they're around their teenager, they're spraying frustration and perhaps rage on their teenager, on their 20-something, on their 30-something, on their 40-something. And the teenager, the 20, 30, or 40, says, I'm out of dodge. I'm leaving. I don't, I don't need to have this acid sprayed on me all the time, even though they're not probably cognitive of that is what's happening. And when you get a shift, like as you shared with this gentleman that was in the class, that now someone who sits there, arms closed at the beginning of the, the uh, eight weeks and says, I hate myself and I don't like anybody, now he's got a conflict with someone and is able to hold them in a space of love, he's literally spraying love on them. And people change. People respond differently. You take that kid that's whatever age they are that doesn't really want to have anything to do with you, mom or dad, and start to get honest with yourself, what have you been spraying on them? You don't have to say a word. It's all an energetic dynamic. You heal that in yourself, and then you get around that same child or that same parent, and that child or that parent isn't doing what you want them to do, isn't, you know, kowtowing to your demands and obeying, you know, fulfilling your infantile goals. And instead of being in frustration and rage, you stand as a space of love, when you spray that energy on them, they go, oh, you're not so bad to be around. Hey, I can hang out with you. I'm where I am now. So, so the game just totally, completely changes by the energy that we are spraying. And you can tell the energy you are spraying on the people around you, uh, the perception and the feelings that are in your mind and body. You're not the only one getting it, though you are getting the original. If the person that you're around has any resonance with what you're spraying, then they feel it. And then the power of, of, of an intensive, the power of this eight-week intensive process that Susan's doing or the, the 16-day laws of living, that's one of the classes we'll be doing in February. The power of that is you've got a whole room full of people that when your stuff starts to come up, you've got people who aren't in your stuff. And they are holding the space. They are literally, and I'm talking energetically, they are literally spraying love on you. You get a room full of people with that kind of power, and it cracks, it dissolves, it transmutes the energy of rage and guilt and grief and fear and hatred and vengeance and all the rest. It just starts to fall apart and disappear. And and oftentimes we'll hear back from people and they'll say, well, you know, I... I got in that situation, I mean, all my life I've been in such rage when, when somebody does that. And now they do it, and, I, and I'm kind of shocked at myself because I just I sort of look over my shoulder for where's that response, and it just isn't in me anymore. And, you know, I mentioned that situation where in the book of Thomas, one of the books that didn't get canonized, the disciples say to, to Yeshua, you know, the Pharisees are down him, on him and all over him. And, and the disciples say, well, why don't you sock it to him? Why don't you give him back some of their own medicine? And Yeshua says, I have none of that in my store. Clean out your store. If you've got somebody in your life that keeps getting your goat, get rid of your goat. You don't need to live with that energy. And you don't need to be spraying that on the people around you. And that's what this work is about. Any other thoughts, Susan? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. We will. Uh, I, I did have one thought. There was a lady that was there last week, and she was uh, in high anxiety. Stress was to the max. As a matter of fact, she took the evaluation, and it showed up. And she talked to me on the phone, and she said, you know, I'm thinking that I'm just a mess, and 
I should quit the class because I'm just going to bring everybody down. And she went into all this, and I was, I said, listen, you are perfect. This is the perfect time and place for you to be in our class. And uh, the class, this is what it's all about. It's about bringing that to the presence of love. And she got it. She got it at a whole other level. And um, it was just exciting to see that that's what the mind tells us. The mind says, you're too big of a mess. You don't, you know, you should stay home. You should stay by yourself. But that's the non-being mind. So I'm I'm excited about this part of our class that's coming up. So we'll see. One day at a time. One week at a time. Fabulous. Well, Nice yes. work. Thank you. Thanks. All Thank right, you so you. much for your Take support. All righty. Take care. So, Dr. Tim, any thoughts on that whole conversation for you? Any comments? We're down to about three or four minutes, if you have any thoughts. Well, the, the one big thing that came through for me was when you're talking about how when you do your work at deeper and deeper levels, and then all of a sudden you come across an issue. It might be, you know, uh, the same theme of an issue in your in the original work might have been. It seemed at a, a ten or a twelve. I mean, sorry, an eight or a ten. And and it and you're struggling with it sometimes for days or weeks. And then later, you know, after you've done quite a bit of work and you've unloaded a lot of the old garbage, then you run into an issue and maybe it's a 27 on a scale of 1 to 10. It's just really intense. And you move through it in a matter of minutes or hours as opposed to days or weeks. And that's true. I've experienced it. The other side of it is when I don't know what I'm doing, when I have just begun the work or before I've done any work, I can spend months or years with a level two trauma or toxin, but because my vitality level is only a three or four, it feels like a life-threatening or earth-shattering problem. And when I do enough of the work, do enough of the right things, build my vitality, those issues come by later on, and I barely even notice them. I take a breath, I cancel a quick goal, and I move through, and it's gone in 30 seconds. But, I, you know, before doing the work, before knowing about the tools, I personally have spent years struggling with or avoiding issues that really were only, you know, a level one or a level two or a level three upset. That would be my offering. I hear you right on. And, you know, one of the other things, too, is that sometimes we've got so much fear of these issues coming forward, and it's our fear of the issue coming forward more than the issue itself. And and people dance around it and it's like, oh, no, you, we don't talk about that stuff in our family system. And when people actually open the space to communicate about it, it may be uncomfortable. There may be that disturbance. But what happens as people understand processing, and in this work we define processing as the ability to keep love conscious, active, and present when something less than love comes up. When you get a group of people, a family system where they step into processing rather than banging their heads against each other with no tools, all of a sudden, because the conflict was aired and communicated about, healing has happened because of conflict. Healing happens when you've got tools, and it just makes all the difference in the world. And we're here to support you in making a difference in your world. Let's change the game on the planet. Let's create a space where we all actually function as human beings, as that awesome newborn presence of love that we're designed for. We appreciate you being here and being part of the process. Take the tools, pass them on. If you're ready for the next level, those intensives happening in February, go to the the website, and in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a link that says flyers. It'll give you the details. Of course, our summer is there as well. And, uh, Great best year yet of your eternal life, Michelle. Thank you for all your support this week, Dr. Tim. The same. Uh, it would have been a much, much more difficult week for us without your help. So, blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal 
Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Continuously